Hello, and welcome to another episode of Resting Batch Face, the only reality recap podcast where when the hosts get excited about a date card, they're talking about a coupon for Fig Newtons. <laughs> I'm Tam Paul, joined as always by my good friend Gwen Kirby. Gwen, how are you doing today? I mean, I'm grateful no one's making me eat a Fig Newton. That is a trash cookie. Shots fucking fired, which is good preemptively because I actually have a shade award inspired by you coming later in the episode. Oh, I'm so excited. Something for our audience to look forward to. So I think we're just going to throw ourselves in here. The good people at ABC have decided to give us four fucking hours a week (laughs) of content. It's a lot. It's a lot of content. Of Bachelor in Paradise. Again, begging the question of like, even in quote paradise. How long would, if you're just there, after what point would it become hell simply by virtue of how long? Um, For me, more than four hours might be the number. Yeah, I think maybe exactly as long as David Spade stayed on as the host is exactly as long as it would be fun. Yeah, let's throw David Spade the no one to hold them, no one to fold them award for not even finishing this first episode before he's out of town. And I will say a delightful little homage to those stupid videos they do with people who get kicked off the show in the limo. David Spade in the limo, heading to the airport, wondering what he could have done differently. I thought was, I fear that we peaked too soon. Getting into the content. So we ended the first week with Demi's arrival. Demi, who is a veteran of The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, shows up promising to store some shit. And she gets a date card which seems to be triggering Gwen because she doesn't like Fig Newtons for some reason. <laughs> and and she decides she wants to take Brendan on a date. They then go on a date. He then has the audacity to not like immediately swear undying fealty to her. And then she throws her fucking shit for which I am going to give her the Gwen Kirby award for never having been dumped. Which it's back to a random flex from Gwen. <laughs> I remember that. How do you feel about Demi's reaction to Brendan just being like, I've known you for two hours and you seem cool, but like, let's still continue to talk to people. I have two thoughts about that. One, I will say in Demi's defense, maybe don't say that the second you finished sucking her face. Like, it wouldn't have been bad to, like, have a little tiny pause. Um, Also, I really loved that his, like, I'm not into you included the line, you know, like, we'll just, like, see if our paths cross again. Like, it's a small beach, Brendan. Your paths are going to cross again. So, I mean, a little bit of shade on Brendan. But Demi got my I'm getting paid to break shit award. Uh, and I just feel like she knows exactly what she's there to do and is to just let her Demi flag fly. So, you know, I, I enjoyed that. She's there to stir shit up. She's not even, I don't think she's even pretending she wants to be there for love. Um, and I, I love that about her, but I think she's also probably legitimately almost never been rejected in her entire life. And that was very funny. I mean, much as you point out, much like me. I'm struggling to reconcile Demi's introduction last week where she's just like, I know how the game is played and I'm here to play it with somebody who then seemed as if she had never seen the show before and had no idea what was going on. 
But I, I guess you're right. I guess she's just never been rejected. I will say I would be too scared to reject her. She has the craziest eyes that I've ever seen. And I think she might cut a bitch. Uh, I think she will cut a bitch. And again, I think that's exactly why she's being paid. I mean, like, you know, these people are paid to be here, unlike on The Bachelor Bachelorette, where the contestants are not paid. And they're definitely paid different amounts of money. And like when the producers cut Demi her check, they're expecting her to say shit like the only person who ever rejected me was, was Colton. And that didn't count because he was gay. Like she, she is there to do what she's there to do. So Brendan, for me, is getting the fall from Grace Award in that, I mean, on The Bachelor, he was a very introspective sweetheart. He had sort of an actual intelligent conversation about divorce. And so far in like an hour and a half of time on The Bachelor in Paradise, he's like fuckboy prime plus they're throwing his shit in the street and claiming that he is already involved with somebody named Piper. Do you want to tell our audience slash me who the fuck Piper is? Yeah. All right. So I gave Brendan the here for the Piper reasons award. Uh, Cause I think he actually legit is here for Piper. So Piper was a contestant, I believe on Matt James's season. Uh, and I am upset that I know this, but there was lots of talk in the interim between Matt James' season and this season of Bachelor in Paradise that they were dating. Um, and then, you know, it was kind of like, oh, they're not together anymore because they're both going to be on Paradise. But it seemed like pretty clear they were probably waiting to date on Paradise. I was like not totally sold on that until, and this is jumping, but I don't think we're really going to talk about them when we talk about the second episode, when Natasha is talking about her time with Brendan and she's basically like, Brendan is kind of refusing to make out with me because he wants to Mm. take it slow. While he was happy to suck the tongue out of Demi's face right before telling her he wasn't interested in her. So like, if he's not smooching on Natasha, it's because he's just... He's trying to get his rose and wait till Piper comes to the beach. And that's what I think. Man. So I think he's I think he's just kind of fucking everyone along. That's I would call this 4D chess. Um, <laughs> but I don't know that anybody's playing chess. I'll call this like 4D Checkers. Tic, connect four, <laughs> tic-tac-toe or something like that. Um, Natasha, by the way, gets the does not know about Instagram influencing award when she asks <laughs> hypothetically regarding Brendan, why are you even here? I mean, I feel like we could give the Natasha the why are you even here award. Yeah. Like, she's just so on a different wavelength than the rest of these people. Like, she even had, like, a little talking head where she was teary and she was just like, I'm a little upset, so I'm going to just go, like, take a minute to myself so that I don't, like, bring any bad energy to the beach. Like, girl, that's not what they're paying you to. That's not what Demi's doing. Let me tell you that right now. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> she's just I, I think Natasha is 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 awesome but she seems about 8,000 times too mature for every single person here yeah fair enough well Brendan is not the only one being accused of having a, a main squeeze on the side which gets to kind of the second big confrontation of the first episode which is involves Victoria P and here's my first question for you so Victoria P has been I mean, just straight up using James to try to get a rose. James is the dude who is in the box who Gwen says has a Hitler youth haircut. It's pretty much all you need to know about him. I mean, he doesn't appear to have any manner of personality. But here's the thing. So Tammy, I think this is a strong episode for Tammy in a lot yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but but Tammy 
decides to tell James that she happens to know, and again, I don't know from where, but whatever, that Victoria P. has a boyfriend in Nashville and, quote, they have a dog together. Which, I'll, I'll be honest, as somebody who, like, had a dog with their partner several years before getting married to them, it changes your life a lot more. It's a big deal. Here's my question for you. Like, Tammy is not interested in James. Tammy is in no way threatened by Victoria P. What is the game theory of Tammy just fucking bashing Victoria P's kneecaps in here by putting this shit in the street? I mean, you know, you don't sell yogurt if your face isn't on the screen, right? So, like, either you put yourself in the middle of the A storyline of the episode, or you wait for someone else to make themselves the A story of that episode. So I feel like Tammy's like, I know dirt on this bitch, and I don't like this bitch. Like, I, I don't know if Tammy would throw someone she actually likes under the bus like that, but frankly, like... No one likes Victoria P. No one liked Victoria P on her when she was on the show on The Bachelor. What season was she? Was she Peter's season? She was Peter's season, yeah. Yeah, no one liked her then. No one likes her now. I weirdly really dislike her because she has that stupid new trend in eyebrows. Did you notice her eyebrows? Yes, clearly I noticed her eyebrows and I'm aware of eyebrow trends, Brent. Oh my god, okay. Look, they're super fucking noticeable, Daniel. You need to pay more attention when you're watching the show. So the new thing in eyebrows is like if you were to like comb your eyebrows like directly like vertically. Keep making those keep making those hand gestures. The (laughs) listeners are gonna pick up on them. I'm trying to I'm trying to teach you something. So it's like it's like they're like every single eyebrow hair is like standing straight up and then you like paste it there and then it stays there forever so it looks like you're like your like body has received an electrical shock at all times. It's, I'm going to send you a picture. It's very weird. Um but I did give Victoria P the resting guilt face award cuz that bitch looked so guilty. Uh, she was not ready to lie. He was like, so do you have a boyfriend back home? No. Like girl was, girl was like not, not prepared to lie. I thought, I thought James missed an opportunity to just be like, tell me straight. Do you have a dog? (laughs) Tell me about the dog. Who does the dog live with? Like, let's get down to it. Yeah. She, she did a really bad job. Of trying to lie. She gets two different awards from me. The first is the Sets Therapy Back 20 Years Award for this weird thing where she's talking to Tammy and Kelsey about like, yo, why did you throw me under the bus? And she's like, I'm going to use the techniques that I learned in therapy. And then she just sounded like some weird person like, I don't know, trying to sell you incense at the mall or something. Like, I don't know what the fuck was up with that. And the second award I gave her was just a Missing the Pancake Pantry Award because Homegirl was ready to get back to Nashville. <laughs> she did not fight to stay in paradise. No. She just bailed, basically. She was exposed for having a boyfriend, failing to effectively lie about it, and I guess tried to go out on her own terms rather than getting dumped by James, who she was just trying to use for a rose, and got in the limo to go back to Nashville. Yeah, she she wasn't trying all that hard. Also, I sent you uh, a Facebook message with the new eyebrow trend because I know you're really excited to find out. But no, she she gave therapy a bad name. 
uh, he was basically like, hey, I wanted to talk with you about something. And she was just like, I feel like you're bringing a really aggressive energy to this conversation. That's not something that I allow in my space. It's like, all right, goddess Victoria. All the Victorias be crazy. FYI, this was not a good episode slash season for Victorias. It's going to be a hard push for the next Victoria they bring in to try to positively reappropriate the name, the name Victoria. We'll get to other Victoria in in a little bit. Um, I think the connective thread here to get to the kind of the next, the next thing that went down is 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 Tammy. So Serena C, who probably we have not mentioned because she has not done anything and does not do anything. Spoiler alert. And real, you know, realizes that she has to make some kind of move. And she decides to make a move on Aaron, which I don't hate as an idea. He seems stupid and has no real moral compass. So he seems like somebody you could, in theory, try to to um, steal away. She does something that pivots from like just cringeworthy awkward to cringeworthy gross in that she asks him to beatbox and then starts rapping sort of which is to say loosely rhyming and then I guess says that she wants to sit on his face or be as much as you can, as close as you can do to that on ABC and then just starts making out with him. And Aaron gets the will smooch anyone award, which to be honest is an award we might be giving out a lot. Very frequently. Yeah. Serena C gets the, I mean, all right, I guess she went for an award, but Tammy gets the cool, cool ass motherfucker award because it's so it would be so easy for her to throw a fuss fit and be like Aaron person I have known for four days who we are in a loose alliance to give each other roses how dare you how dare you betray me and to throw drama that way which obviously is not the move when Aaron has the power in in this episode because he has the roses instead she has a stone cold don't give a fuck energy just goes over and is like I'm gonna smooch him better and win him back and she does. I mean, strong play from Tammy. Mad props to Tammy. Strong Tammy episode, as you said. I mean, this was the episode, or this was the moment, excuse me, where I was like, Tammy doesn't give a fuck about Aaron. She is 100% here to play the game. She knows how to play it. And she's just like, yeah. I mean, I could still taste Serena C's strawberry lip gloss <laughs> on his face. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to make out with him more, cement my alliance, and, you know, and Aaron's going to be in enough dumbass, stupid fucking drama that, like, you know, she can she can dabble in that when she wants to. Tammy, Tammy is, for me, gets my don't hate the player, hate the game award. Yeah, Aaron is an interesting case. I'm sure people have studied this as, like, a social phenomenon, as this kind of, like, I don't know, it strikes me as a particular kind of behavior that speaks to a kind of like queer unconscious where just, which I guess maybe is just an, or maybe just an outgrowth of misogyny. I'm not quite sure. We're just, Aaron cares so much more about what the men think of him than he cares about what the women think of him. Like he'll just smooch. Anybody does not give a fuck, but anytime anything happens, like with one of the dudes where there's a question of honor, it's just like we ride at midnight. Oh yeah. I mean, he cares about Tammy in that he does not want to be embarrassed by a guy who like gets up on something he considers his in a way that I find pretty gross, but couldn't give a shit if the women think he's like willing to fuck anything that moves. So an- another move that was made, I mean, cause for those again, who aren't watching the show, 
we're at a point where we're approaching a rose ceremony and there are 10 guys and well, now that Victoria P went home on her own accord, 13 women. And so if you're not kind of already locked into something, you're in a, you're in a shitty situation. It's time to make moves and crazy Victoria, who, again, just a reminder, looks a considerable amount like Drusilla from, from (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its extended universe. Crazy Victoria Decide she has to make a move. She has to she has to do something on somebody. And she goes for Trey, which on the one hand is a terrible move because Trey is currently locked in with Tajwan, who is so much awesome. better than yeah. Victoria. <laughs> but maybe it's a smart move in that Trey is an idiot. Yeah, but it's a stupid move because Trey is a sweetheart. He's a like, loyal idiot. He's a loyal idiot. You know, like... I mean, as we'll talk about him and Thomas in the next episode, but like Trey is not Aaron. He's he's not gonna like make out with Goddess Victoria just because he can. Like, I think he's a good dude. And then Tajwan did not have to do a whole lot to make Crazy Victoria cry. <laughs> well, Crazy Victoria. Uh, now I feel really bad calling her crazy Victoria. I mean, I couldn't even give her an award. I felt so sad for Victoria. She just, as I said on our last episode, like, she makes me feel guilty about watching the show. Like, when I watch Tammy versus Victoria P, it's like cat versus cat. You know, like, they both came on to get what they could out of it. Sorry, Victoria P, you got outplayed by Tammy. You know, what are you going to do? That's how the chips fall sometimes. But, like, goddess Victoria, like needs the real kind of therapy that Victoria P is clearly not actually in. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, Victoria, at least, you know, crazy Victoria, goddess Victoria, whatever we want to call her, to feel slightly less shitty about it. She made a move, at least. I mean, she was sane enough to know that she could not wait for them to come to her because they wouldn't because she repels them with her face. (laughs) It left really only one point of drama. I mean, half a point of drama, I guess, if you thought there was any chance that Serena C. had effectively seduced Aaron. But really, the only point of conflict drama was for James's Rose after Victoria P. had been sent back to Nashville by Tammy, again, who just did it just because she could. Yeah, she shot a man just to watch him die. Oh man. Yes, indeed. Anyway, we'll see we'll see who she caps next. Was both Demi and Kelsey made a play for James's Rose? Like let's not pretend they made an actual play for James. Oh hell no. And no, I mean poor Kelsey. Kelsey was never gonna get that rose. I mean, do you think it was never. producer driven or do you think Oh fuck yeah? You think I have just scared this. the shit out of James and was like, if no. you don't do this, I'll kill you. No, I, I, this is the, here's a thousand extra bucks and a drink coupon, James. Now give Demi the Rose Award. <laughs> Goes to the producers. And there was no way, hell, they were going to let him keep boring ass depressing Kelsey when Demi, literally her credit shot is her sitting on the beach stirring a pot. Like, fuck no, that was never going to happen. Yeah, no, she certainly is the producer's gift to God. She's just like, if I don't get a rose, I'll set this whole place on fire. And I, I only half think she was kidding. I mean, again, even if the producers didn't, if I were James, I'd give Demi the rose. Like, I would not cross Demi. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think he makes the wrong move. 
I think, I mean, again, take your $1,000 cake, take your drink coupons, do what you think is right. I think that his only chance long-term would have been, if he had done that for Kelsey, I feel like there's a chance she does that for him next round. Demi, you think Demi's going to be loyal? Like, James is done. There's nobody who's going to save him. Yeah, but, I mean, Demi is also a strategic player. I mean, I think Kelsey is the kind of contestant who could end up, like, leaving James for love, quote-unquote. Demi may jump the James ship when she finds a better ship to, like, carry her into the season, but I don't know, you know? Like, you look at the dudes who've come down. uh, She's not going to give a rose to Brendan now. Uh, You know, she's not going to give a rose to Riley because he's... We'll talk about Well, we're going to talk about night fish and sex later. But, you know, I don't know. She... Here's what I think. I think he's not dead in the water. I think I mean, he he's is. dead in the water. But. I think he's dead in the water. I think that I think Demi is going to strike up a strategic alliance with Thomas. Is my prediction. I think they Ooh. both see the world the same way. But Kelsey, I think you're right. If she legit fell for somebody, she would ditch him. But who the fuck is she going to fall for? All these people suck, and everybody's drunk the whole time. I, I just feel like she would have repaid loyalty at least for one round. Whereas I don't know what James, like James, like Demi, the moment, the second she had the rose, he had no value for her. That's fair. But who do you want to like have owe you? Kelsey or the producers? Okay. No, that's smart. What if James wants to come back for next summer in paradise? Are they going to bring James who played ball back? Are they going to play James who gave Kelsey the last rose so we could watch her boring ass be depressed about champagne for one more week? That's smart. I thought you were going to say, would you rather have Kelsey OU or Demi OU? And the answer is Kelsey because Demi, Demi would will repay no debts. What's the opposite of a Lannister? (laughs) Demi is the opposite of a Lannister. Um, That's fair. Anyway, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, the producers, <laughs> the drink coupon, you know, gets you gets you a lot. Well, speaking of, of drinks, I mean, do you have anything you need to pour out for Serena C., Victoria, or Kelsey? Oh, last Kelsey question. And this is sort of a Demi question. So Kelsey is like half fainting at the rose ceremony. Admittedly, it's hot as shit, and it probably takes him a lot of time to film it. Demi is like, this is bullshit. This is total bullshit. Like, you team Demi or team Kelsey? Do you think it was a fake fa- a fake faint? Oh, I went back and forth on this. I don't think it was fake. I'm choosing to not think it was fake. I think Kelsey, I think Kelsey knew what was about to happen. I don't think she thought a fake faint was going to like change James's mind. Like she knew, she knew who the last people up were. She knew Demi was one of those last people. Like I was about to say the phrase, unless she's an idiot, which like your mileage may vary, but no, I didn't, I didn't think it was fake. What did you think? Yeah, I don't know. If it was if it was fake, it was not enough. I appreciate I will just say I appreciated Demi's default contemptible skepticism. Just oh, yeah. like Demi's default to thinking the least of people makes me happy she's still on this program. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's like who do you want on your television? Demi or Kelsey? There's not it's not even a question. Well, well we Oh, sorry. I was gonna say we we skipped right over one of our one of our date cards. I don't know if you if you want to talk about the Ivan and Jasenia date. Oh yeah, you know the only note I have here. I mean, again, it's I I guess I don't I didn't have that much because they seem like actually good people who seem to like each other and they're cute. You know the the one thing that was kind of striking to me is they were talking in a way that like I don't know. I, I hope that they don't feel required to because they're both people of color. 
but certainly to show benefits from having actual conversations about how horrible its viewers are. But they were both having sort of conversations about kind of what it's like to be a person of color in the Bachelor universe and the kind of like internet hate that you get. And I just thought it was like weird for that to be broadcast. There should have just been a little like scrolling thing at the bottom that says the bachelor understands that this is mostly our fault and we suck (laughs) and are trying to get better. (laughs) Yeah. Although the trying to get better part would be 99% a lie. I agree with that. You know, my major thought about this was like, who the fuck wants to have dinner in the middle of a pool? (laughs) That was my main takeaway. I was like, okay, so you have to take your shoes off. Then you have to walk into the water to this pool. Like, that's probably fine. But then what you're eating there for like 45 minutes, are you having to like keep your feet up on like the rung of your chair? Otherwise, your feet are just in the water the whole time. You're going to get, you're going to get pruny, pruny fucking toes. It's gross. I don't want, that was what I kept thinking about. We're, we're starting a new segment on Resting Batch Face called Gwen's Least Favorite Things in Paradise. <laughs> dumb go for a swim or eat dinner but you don't need to eat dinner in a swimming pool i just thought that was stupid or be all the way in the swimming pool and like swim around maybe have like a floating like snack platter (laughs) we're gonna call this segment paradise or no paradise and just this is a little tease um we're gonna come back after our we don't have any commercials and we're going to ask Gwen if she thinks banana boats are paradise or hell. Uh, I have thoughts. I thought you might. Okay, so that's the end of, of episode one. And because there are two two-hour episodes a week, we start in, and I have to say, I'm going to give the just joy award to Lance Bass. There's a delightful sequence in which David Spade has left. God bless him. He's collected <laughs> He's collected his check. He's done, he's done right by by him. And so we're awaiting a new a new host and there's just a boombox out front and it's like there's a big sign that says press press play and they do and then the speakers all over the area start just playing it's going to be me. And I have to say it was a little adorable in that there are like what 25 or I guess at this point 20 just like straight up image obsessed Instagram camera whores. And every single one of them started dancing like they were at the fucking kids bop when It's Gonna Be Me went on. And I just think NSYNC has such a hold on this generation's dorky youth. And I just thought wow. it was cute. We have an uber different take Do we really? on this. Yeah, we have a really okay. different take on this. So I gave this award the Forced to Ponder the Fleeting Nature of Fame in the Face of Youth Award. <laughs> I don't think most of these people knew who this dude oh, was. No, they did. They did. They, I don't think oh, so. Oh, they I'm, so did. They I knew the what? words and they couldn't stop themselves from dancing. Think about what no, age they are. They're are like serious? 23 to 30. This shit hit them when they were like eight or nine. They kids bopped the shit out of it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, my note was literally, I wouldn't have been able to name who this was either. I would have been oh way more. Oh my God. I I would have been oh way more God. starstruck by meeting David Spade. Oh I my God. Yeah, you would have, you're, you're, you're such a fucking, you're like, I would have been so starstruck by the motherfucker from Riverdance. Like, you're not a real person. Like, 
spinned and it metastasized in the fucking zeitgeist. And these kids were like fucking seven and this shit, they could not stop themselves. You're so wrong. I literally have a quote from Aaron that says, OMG, Lance Bass. The one and only. Okay, yeah, okay. These people pick, don't know pick who the person is. with no soul. <laughs> I will say the weirdest, like it was, it was both. I think he was completely honest, and it was immensely sad. Was when Kenny was like, "I'm a boy band manager, and if it weren't for InSync, I wouldn't have a career." <laughs> That was hilarious. All right. I'm willing to give you that. Kenny knows exactly who the fuck Lance Bass is. 150%. Kenny and Grocer Joe were probably really excited to see Lance Bass. Even if they didn't know who Lance Bass was, when the music comes on, they all know who NSYNC is. And maybe they're disappointed they were stupid enough to think Timberlake was about to walk through the fucking (laughs) door. But they all know NSYNC. And I thought that the dorkiness of their dancing spoke to how it came from a place of innocence and youth. And that's just what I feel. Well, that's beautiful. I am really glad that we have had our first real resting batch face disagreement. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. I, I I enjoyed him all episode, and and I love that it led into the introduction of Thomas. Yeah, speaking which of, I fucking enjoyed the shit out. of. Speaking of acrimony, all right. So Thomas <laughs> arrives, and I mean, do you want to give the Thomas backstory before we get into the fact that? All of the men, so he's he's on Katie's season. All of the dudes from Katie's season, which again, it's important to note, anybody not on Katie's season has not seen it yet, even though we have, are acting like a fucking serial killer has just walked in. Like, do you want to give our listeners Thomas's backstory? I mean, what's ridiculous is that if you watched this episode, which listeners, I assume you probably didn't, except for shout out Claire in Pittsburgh, uh, <laughs> you would like assume that this guy had done like some crazy shit. But in fact, the only thing he did was the thing that the dudes mentioned in the episode. Grocer Joe was like, so what did this, what's, what's the deal with this guy? And they're like, well, would you believe it? He said that he wanted to be the bachelor. And I felt like at that moment, Grocer Joe was America. <laughs> he looked completely nonplussed. He was like, oh, no. No, he did something like, better than that. He was America because this is what he said. He goes, oh, he said it out loud? Yeah, that was great. That was great. I meant to write that down. That was so good. Um, but, like, that was legit all. And Katie's season basically was famous for having – this union of dudes who like every episode picked who they wanted off the island next and basically like got Katie to do their bidding in like a true power reversal um, of the bachelorette. But what I also loved is that like the more, um, the more the producers are like, you're a dramatic villain character, the more island animals um, are featured in your introductions. (laughs) (laughs) So like, you know, <laughs> there was like an iguana and a spider and a snake and a fucking crab. And then it was like, cool, cool, cool. And then Thomas walks down the stairs. And I fucking loved that shit. It was like a four alarm animal fire when Thomas arrived. Anyway, I mean, there's a lot to say. First of all, these people are insane. And I, I really hope, I mean, the edit felt to me like it's making them look crazy. And it's unclear to what extent. That's the view that the women think of. I mean, again, we're talking about Aaron, Carl, Trey, to a certain extent, Connor B, when he can be dragged away from his ukulele. <laughs> and James, right? And oh, James and doesn't Box, seem to get much and, of a fuck. And Box guy. 
And what, what I find just, I mean, it's Aaron and Trey to me are the worst part of this in different ways. I mean, like Aaron is, seems to be the voice of like right foe, righteous indignation and just really gross. Like I, we need to protect the women from Thomas's lies. And Trey just is like, he was my friend and he lied to me like weird betrayal. It's just so weird because they, they keep talking about him being manipulative and his actual problem was that he had no savvy. Like he just said out loud, yeah, like I'd be interested in being the bachelor. Like his problem is that he didn't have enough of a filter and they're acting like he's this insane Machiavellian villain. I mean, Aaron is being ridiculous and extra. He says he's my worst enemy. <laughs> Fuck down, Aaron. Jesus Christ. Trey, though, like, that was weird on, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that was weird on Thomas's date with Serena, where he says, like, that Trey is, like, emotionally fragile. That's weird. And, like, I don't know, like, fuck, maybe that's true. I don't fucking know Trey. But why the hell are you telling that to Serena P? It's a little weird. And honestly, Thomas's, my critique of Thomas I don't think he handled any of this well in that he's trying to apologize to these people. So like he says that to Serena P because she's like, so everybody hates you. Why? And he's trying to explain what happened on the bachelor, a bachelorette instead of just saying like, yeah, I was on the bachelorette and like, I tried to hook up with the bachelorette and like, you've been on the shit. Like I tried to play the game. I lost who gives a shit. And then for all these people and he does this like huge, like I want to apologize to you. And it's like, the he doesn't need to apologize at all. He should have just been out there and been like, hey, what's up? That was a fucking game show. Do you remember when we were on this game show? This is a different game show. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like yeah. this, he was, it, but it just, it, his whole thing is he's trying to apologize for seeming disingenuous in a way that was clearly disingenuous because he shouldn't have been apologetic. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I just think like, again, like he didn't play the game well on his season. And he didn't play the game well on this episode. Don't give specifics to Serena P. Like, you don't need to be like, and then, you know, Bob on my season said this, and then I had a drink with Joe, and that, you know, like, don't give her details. And then do your little gravel apology to the dude. So you put your little band-aid on it. You're like, you know, oh, I was the bigger man. And then just try to never talk about it again. This guy just got like, way too into the details with Serena P because he like wanted to defend himself and that ended up yeah. fucking him over. He should have just hurting, been hurting poor wee Trey's feelings. Legit though, like Trey is like a sad puppy that Thomas stepped on. Everyone else is just like a dude who like works out way too much and has a lot of extra testosterone they need to like, I don't know, like whack off a little more or something. Thomas should have been just like straight up, this is weird to say. I was drunk the whole time. I have no idea <laughs> what happened on the ba- the Bachelorette. Like, I do not remember it. At like all. I think I was in New Mexico at a fucking Hyatt, but that seems unlikely. That seems kind of weird. That seems weird. Like being drunk is the only excuse for the weird ass way he pronounced San Diego when he arrived. He was like, "I'm from San Diego." The fuck is it, Thomas? Like. That, that, was a, that was a big strike against Thomas in my book. You could be the bachelor all day, but don't fucking say San Diego. Maybe he's actually from La Jolla. And he's, <laughs> it's possible. It's just, it's a regional thing. All right. So Thomas picks Serena P for the date. And again, it's always interesting to think like why they pick who. Grocery Joe once more considers <laughs> just walking into the ocean because <laughs> Serena P had been, had been his date. And he just like. No, I have never seen anybody look so despondent on a daybed 
as Grocery <laughs> Joe. I will say I gave him two awards, but the first one was to that point, which was the sad flail nap award goes to Grocer Joe. Cause he, but you know what? I think Grocer Joe in a lot of ways is living my best paradise, paradise life. Like takes a lot of naps. He mostly just like hangs out with Wells at the bar, which I was like, man, who would I try to like scam my final rose from Wells? I totally would make out with Wells at the bar. He's cute. Um, but after watching this episode with Grocer Joe, the Claire from Pittsburgh has a point award goes to Claire from Pittsburgh, <laughs> who I felt like was right about Grocer Joe. I he he flail napped his way a little closer to my heart this episode. And he ends up a winner mainly because Thomas was only talking about the dudes on Katie's season. Yeah. And not really like trying to get to know Serena P. And I guess also just constantly referencing his height. Yeah, that was weird. Also, was the whole theme of that date just like, what are things that boats can pull while we stand on them? Do you have, I mean, this, let's, again, let's employ our our segment here. Paradise or not paradise. Gwen Kirby, what are your thoughts on banana boats? Uh, I was kind of okay with the banana boat at first. But then it was like, okay, so you're going to pull around a banana boat. And then like, what, you bring the banana boat back in and then you swap in a different kind of floaty vessel to like stand on to also be pulled around in? Like how many different floating devices do you need to be pulled by a boat in? It just seemed really stupid. Also uncomfortable. I don't want to sit straddling anything like that for that long. It's easy for someone who's 6'6", but I'm, I'm a shorty. I wasn't, I wasn't impressed. I'd rather be driving a, driving a speedboat. What about you, Dan? Do you, you uh, paradise, no paradise on banana You know, boats? I'm going to be honest. We've been doing this long enough that my only thought when I saw that fucking banana boat was, I think Gwen Kirby is going to have a banana boat take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mainly my take was like, look, I think this is kind of stupid, but it's not as stupid as having dinner in three inches of water, which is even stupider. <laughs> All right, so the big then next shakeup. I have a note here about Carl doing kung fu on the Me too. on the beach for no reason, but like Carl at the moment is with Deandra, and I just I, I really hope that he doesn't actually go home with anybody because when they finally watch him on Katie's season, it's going to end that relationship. Like any relationship he has yeah. for the rest of his life, they need to have seen that beforehand so that like they know what they're walking into. Yeah, that's fair. I gave him the Dwight Schrute Award for doing yeah. karate on the beach. Thank you, Sensei. <laughs> no, seriously, Carl is a whole. If I had to pick one person on the planet who's the assistant to the Sensei, it would yeah. be it would be Carl. <laughs> Definitely, All right. be Carl. Now, speaking of real real adults, so Riley shows up and. All you need to know about the difference between Bachelor in Paradise and The Bachelorette is that on Tasha's season, Riley was like solidly in the middle tier. Like he wasn't a creepy dude in an RV, but he also was not a serious contender. And he shows up and immediately, like the two hottest people on the beach want him. And my first question for you is like, like are elf ears hot? He has Keebler elf ears. And I mean, again, this happens... No shade, but it was it's sort of surprising to me. Maybe it just speaks to all of these other motherfuckers or they're just bored and anybody new is going to be a shiny toy. And obviously for Marissa, like just by virtue of him not having a ukulele, he's a giant step up from um, Connor B. But like they're acting like fucking Fabio just walked in or something. And I'm like, this dude looks like a Keebler elf. 
Yeah, I don't love his ears. He's got Dale ears, frankly, for any yeah. of our listeners who who watched that train wreck of a <laughs> train wreck of a season. Um, and I mean, honestly, I I'm not the ears. I'm kind of like I could go either way. I get freaked out when I can see that much of someone's veins. You know, <laughs> like his muscle arms, and like you could so like like listeners, this dude has like pumpkins in his arms. Like he is so freaking yoked that I find it kind of, it, it, it upsets me. It's unnatural is what it is. Um, on the other hand, by the end of the episode, I was like, yeah, I'd fuck him. <laughs> like, he, he's got, he's got confidence. He's yeah. smooth. Like he's smooth. He's a lawyer. Like you want to talk about like an adult on the beach. Uh, these other motherfuckers make this dude look good. It's a better setting for him. Um, obviously, then there being like 10 dudes and he has to be one of them. Like by definition in the bachelorette, he has to be hotly pursuing them here. He could just be kind of chill and try to get to know people and wait for people to pursue him. And I think it's a, a better look though. I will say he had my favorite moment on Tasha's Tasha's season of the bachelorette when he just showed an utter lack of awareness for the stupid world he'd walked into. And he asked Tasha what she did for a living. Oh, I love she, that. She had to pause for a moment and find a euphemism for just like bullshit Instagram shit. And she said, I'm in the lifestyle and beauty space. Yes. She's like, I travel a lot for work. He's like, oh no. Uh, yeah, I feel like Riley's living his best life. He's like, look, I took a, I took two months off from like being a lawyer so I can come like make out with chicks on national television. I've got a real job and I'm the fucking like king of this beach. So before we get to the ukulele playing carcass of Connor B., who, for those who who don't remember, Connor B thought that he was in a stable, and you can't see my finger quotes, but they're here. Relationship <laughs> with Marissa gave and gave her his rose, and she was picked by Riley to go on this date, and was just like she was ready anyway. And Connor mm-hmm. B spends this episode just like crooning to the fucking moon on his dumbass ukulele, like and weirdly like not like. I guess, I don't know. I guess maybe we can ask this Connor question. Do you think, do you think he knows he's dead? Like, do you buy at all his, like, I think we have something stable. Like, do you think he's delusional or do you think he was just trying to put on a, a, a proud face? I mean, I think the proud face sailed the moment he got out the ukulele. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, no, I think he knew he was fucked, which is why he was doing like, pity me. I'm a nice guy. Yeah ukulele playing which i freaking we should always have that song playing over night vision sex for like the rest of everything we ever watch like that the way that was like cut together was incredible but no i think i mean i'm as we as our loyal listeners know i'm like fucking out on connor b and i thought that was kind of like Look at me. I'm such a sweet, sensitive soul. Feel bad for me. Bullshit. Because he knew he was fucked. I mean, who's going to go on a date with Riley and stay with Connor B? Like, you would have to be crazy. You you would have to really, really overemphasize ears as a as a selection (laughs) criterion. I also I want to give a small award he didn't really feature in either of these episodes. But Noah gets my award for prophecy when he does a talking head. It's like, yeah, yeah. We saw Marissa going on this day with Riley and we're like, yeah, it's pretty much over for Connor B. Yeah, he was like, Connor thinks it's going to go okay. No one else thinks 
It was like, absolutely not. I mean, there was not a snowball's chance in hell. She's like, she strode up the beach in her like hot, sexy leopard flowing leopard print shit that like the boobs have to be taped into situation, you know? And it was just like, no, this is. And then they got to have like a fucking truth or dare date with Lance Bass. Like, (laughs) that was fucking like ridiculous. I was was surprised because I mean, Marissa hasn't really talked up until this point, and maybe it's because she's been hanging out with Connor B, and he's just been <laughs> singing the whole time. But, you know, she's she seems super chill and was just like, yep, yeah, I'm into sex. Sex is good. I did find it odd, though, that she would rather, like, eat the weird dried cow tongue than just be like, yeah, I fucked X many people, or been like, yeah, I can't remember. Ew, I was like... Anything you want to know about me, I'm happy to tell you if I don't have to eat that disgusting-ass cow tongue. Yeah, for those who didn't watch, it was a weird situation where it was like truth or dare, and they were asked questions, and if they did not want to answer the question, they had to eat something strange. And it was like cow tongue and tripe and that kind of stuff. I would just be like, yeah, I fucked my way through like every football team I've ever come across. Like, I would just be like, sure. Like, what am I going to be like? I'm about to go have sex on national television. Like, what, I'm too bashful to, like, eat this cow tongue? I don't think so. I loved Lance Bass being like, they started making out, and I just, like, didn't know if I should, like, keep standing there or, like, look away. He had a really cute expression on his face. Nobody, no matter how famous they are, (laughs) can can ever be prepared for the experience of hosting Bachelor in Paradise. Here's my question for you. So again, our, for our listeners, Marissa and Riley end the episode in the Boom Boom Room, which is the night vision, the night vision sex chalet on the beach. <laughs> How often is this utilized? Because obviously in The Bachelor, it's only in the fantasy suite, which is only like the last week before the show ends, basically. Like how, whereas, as as our loyal listeners will know, will know on Temptation Island, basically every room is a Boom Boom Room if you Boom Boom in it. <laughs> Boom Booms really puts me off sex. I'm like, oh. Isn't that what they called it in? Um, what was that other show? Like, the, the Are You fucking, the One? Are You the One? Yeah. yeah. I, ugh. Anyway, um, I, uh, Claire from Pittsburgh might know better than me. I think this is pretty unusual. Okay. I mean, I think it's maybe slightly more usual than it is on the flagship shows, but I think these people kind of carry over that attitude a little bit. Um, so I was, I was quite surprised. I will say I did not see that coming. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Here's something I got to ask you because obviously we know your team Tajwan. I thought this was a weird episode for Tajwan. She was acting as if Riley was like fucking Luther Vandross or something walking in there. <laughs> and like, she could not like string words together to try to talk to him again as if this was like some immense celebrity. She like totally ditched Trey and then was upset at Trey for like not having made more of an effort for her after she was clearly upset that Riley hadn't chosen her to go on the date. And then earlier, like, again, just utterly unnecessary. I'm not saying she was wrong to do it in this space, but like, you don't really need to make the goddess Victoria cry. Like, <laughs> that, that girl has enough shit going on. So I don't know. I mean, did this episode make you feel any differently about about being a Tajwan stand. No, it 100% did not. I, if anything, it upped my stock for her. So one, <laughs> this this girl has no game. She's all smooth with Trey because she couldn't give a shit 
whether or not Trey likes her at the end, when she tried to flirt with Riley, she basically <laughs> like self combusted. She could not produce words in the English language when confronted with Riley. So I thought that was uber relatable Two, She got my, I bet she actually loves crabs award. Cause she is so funny. Like when she's like doing her little like talking head and she like thinks there's a crab and she's like standing up on the chair and she's like, the floor is lava. The floor is lava. And then like 10 minutes later, she was playing with a crab in her hand being like, what do you think we should do? Mr. Crab? <laughs> like, you know, and she's like, oh shit, I lost it over Riley. Like, how am I going to get Trey back? And she's like, I know I'll psychologically manipulate him by telling him it's because he wasn't paying enough attention to me because he's a loyal idiot. Taj, like Demi and like Tammy, is here to play. And she knows what she's doing. Unless what she's doing is hitting on a guy she actually wants to make out with. And then she doesn't know what she's doing at all. Yeah. We're in an interesting situation heading into next week because we've got we've got only the 10 girls. And now we've added Riley and Thomas. Um, I don't know if we'll get more guys before the rose ceremony or if those will be be the ones that'll, that are here. I mean, you've got to figure that. James in the box is in trouble. Brendan may be in trouble if they decide that this this Piper rumor is enough to ice him out. Though one thinks the producers are going to keep him there long enough for Piper to emerge. Yeah, I don't think I I think there's no way the producers are letting him go before the arrival of Piper. I mean that has the that has the hallmark of like this is going to be one of the storylines of the season. Here's my question for you for next week. So Connor B is is done. But do you think do you think that his last sad, desperate hours will be spent throwing himself pathetically at the feet of Marissa, or do you think he will bring his ukulele to somewhere else? And if so, where? I don't think he's going to desperately throw himself at the feet of Marissa because I think he's about to be told that she went to the boom boom room. So I think it's going to be like a total. I think he's going to. I think he's going to find some woman's shoulder to cry on about how it's so hard to be a nice guy. And he's going to hope that that causes that woman to give him a rose, which it will not because I literally cannot think of anything less sexy than that or him playing any musical instrument. I would beat him to death with his ukulele if I was on that beach. No, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, I think you're right. I think that he'll go the to find a shoulder to cry on. I don't know whose shoulder it is exactly. I mean, he's fucked. I yeah. think he'll know he's fucked. I, you know, I'm so glad he's going to be going. He's so annoying. Yeah. Um, but I mean, who's even up for grabs? Like, Yeah, that's the issue. I mean, he'd have to like move in on, I mean, the only buddy, this would be a terrible combination. It would never work. I mean, the only person who's sort of up for grabs is Natasha because her situation oh, Brendan. with Brendan is tenuous because she says she's just not feeling she's not feeling the sparks etc but like could you imagine like connor b trying to bring that bullshit over to natasha no 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 (laughs) natasha is like look i'm an a-lister on this beach brendan's an a-lister on this beach she's not gonna fucking like date down like she just hold on to brendan maybe demi demi is i mean obviously demi is volatile but it's not like demi is in any way can is like tied into tied into James and didn't Demi say she also liked cats I mean yeah she has three cats but I just feel like Demi Demi would eat Connor alive I know which I would enjoy watching <laughs> but 
No, I, yeah. I think I just I don't see I don't think Demi would be willing to put up with that shit. I think he's yeah. just too much of a drink. I mean Connor's mistake from the outset was and the, again it speaks to the fundamental conflict that of of Connor of Connor B is just like his bullshit humility is actually like this intense terrible confidence. And so like his mistake was going after the hottest girl on the fucking beach. Like yeah. He should have tried to go after some, but honestly, like he should have tried to make a move on Kelsey. Old, Kelsey would have been smart. I was going to say maybe Jacinia, if he could have gotten early enough, just because she seems nice. Like she's she, way too hot for him. Though. I know, I know, but she seems like she might not be aware. I mean, again, maybe it's just because she hasn't that side of her hasn't come out because like she's evenly matched with Ivan, but she seems like she's nice in a way that like. I mean, not to say that Marissa is not, but like Marissa immediately was like, all right, I'm training up. And yeah, Connor needed to start somewhere else. I mean, I think Kelsey would have been like, Kelsey, I think they could have like, maybe even, I have never thought about this before right this moment, but like those two people are kind of both drips. Like, I think they weirdly could, like, have a connection. I, she like wants someone to like sing songs at her. I feel like she'd probably be into that. Uh, but yeah. he, he it, shot way out of his, he shot way out of his league and they there maybe, was no way that was going to, maybe they'll hook up on the, the spinoff series bachelor in hell in which he's singing <laughs> all the time. Oh my God. Well, bachelor in the medium place. The <laughs> yes. Bachelor in the Bardo. We'll think about all of these different, all these different spinoffs. Well, the final award goes to us because we distilled four hours of bullshit into under an hour of us bullshitting about it. I have to say I'm a little bit proud of us. I'm very proud of us. Well done us. Yeah. Um, and you know, I hope y'all enjoyed it because I had a wonderful time bullshitting back and forth with you, Daniel. As always. So please do hit us up at batch underscore face on Twitter um, we're hoping to get feedback from somebody besides Claire at Pittsburgh one of these days, <laughs> as well as email at us at restingbatchface at gmail. And and you too might one day hear your name called in this in this proud and honored space. Oh, imagine how lucky you would feel if that happened. Are there My another God. are there another four hours of just this shit this week or are we Thankfully, every fucking weekend. Really? Oh, every, no. every fucking weekend. Why do they do this? Why not stretch it out over more weeks? I, I don't know. And this is this is how it rolls. I gotta I gotta like just take notes during my first watch. I can't. This yeah. is too much fucking Which content. You, this is. You watched it twice. It's not like what? how hard is it to take notes during it? It's not like it's not like it's in Latin or some shit. You just like what? see grocery Joe stare at the water, and you're like, he looks sad, and you write it down. I don't pay that much attention. I don't know when it airs at night. I like have a glass of wine, do yeah. some baking while I watch. Like I don't know, I'm living my best life. So this morning I got up at eight a.m. so I could rewatch four hours. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I got up at six thirty so I could walk the dog before watching the Tottenham match. So we all. We all made our choices. choices. Last shout out, which I'm sure probably will be edited out because none of you care. They're inexplicably in first place in the league, despite having not played at all well through three weeks. So we'll take it. Hell yeah. We'll take it. Anyway, thank y'all as always for listening and we will catch you next week. Bye everyone.